Welcome back to the Last Choice TV podcast, TV reviews podcast on House of the Dragon. And we definitely have a a lot to unpack, James. We have a lot to unpack this week in House of the Dragon, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think it um, it was intense. It was. Yeah, intense. Intense might be the best word. Um, Some people don't. Obviously, there are people on the show that have not listened to our podcast uh, because if they did, they might hear her. They might have heard you say. The one thing you don't do in Game of Thrones is give out unneeded information. Just answer the questions that are asked. That's all I could think about. We'll get to that scene a little bit later, but I was dying laughing. I was like, Ender is probably losing it right now. Shut up, bro. Shut up. Yeah, there's um, the one thing I learned from all the seasons of Game of Thrones is you answer the question you are asked and you say nothing else. Yeah, and that, that is not quite what happens in this episode um it it is it is the midway point we are at episode five and i believe the name of this episode is we light the way um hbo was a little late on updating it we are actually recording this the night of so we're on sunday here because honestly i wasn't ready to go to sleep yet after i watched it there was way too much going on so I was just like, James, let, let's get this out because I'm going to forget yeah, exactly. something like this is just yeah. there was so much going on here uh, in this episode. So I think we kind of hit the our overall takes. It was one of those um, wedding Game of Thrones weddings. And it seems like every you season something was going to happen. Something is going to go wrong. And it it never fails to fail. Like that that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Cheekiness aside, it never fails to fail at a wedding in Westeros. Something interesting is gonna happen. It's funny seeing as my wedding's coming up uh, at the end of this week, I was like, wow, this is hopefully my like a little bit better than that. <laughs> just just don't invite that many people with the expectation of something going correct. All right, so let's let's get into this. Let's try to unpack it. Let's 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 do our best. And I apologize ahead of time if we miss something or misspeak. There's a ton in here, and we're just going off of our thoughts and our feelings uh, behind this episode. I also want to thank everyone that is watching, listening, wherever you're getting this. Please like, subscribe, follow, download, do all of those things depending on the platform that you're on. You have gotten us ranked in iTunes. It's amazing. We would like to stay up there. So please uh, follow us, subscribe, and let us know how you're liking, what you want us to change, all of those things. With the public service announcement out of the way, let's go ahead and get started into this episode where we meet the infamous now Lady Rhea, Damon's wife. And, And I have a very specific note here. What's Damon talking about? His wife's hot. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, what? His <laughs> wife is very attractive. But, you um, know, and it's it's like, I, I have a feeling it's not like Damon not liking her. I think it's her not liking Damon. 
correct. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I, she seems like, and she seems very, so let's just kind of set the scene. We meet her. She's on her horse. She's meeting with her cousin and she's going out to hunt basically. And she's going to hunt a deer. Um, and she gives off a lot of Rhaenyra vibes, like strong, willing, like, you know, outgoing, not someone that's the timid, ugly wife that Damon made her out to sound like it, it is not what well, I was expecting to get. Um, I can't think of her name, but the the Vale Queen in oh, yeah, the crazy hideous. nursing queen. Like I was queen expecting Stark's, that uh, Stark sister, sister. Or whatever. I was expecting that because the veil is known to have some craziness there. And that was exactly what we, but we do not get that um, um, with her here. So she goes out on this hunt and as, as she's coming back, um, you know, between this. So, so the veil you've got to remember is, is up on this like mountain. And they have this giant storm door or or sky door in the middle of it. That's just a hole. So to get to the castle, you have to go through basically these rock wall barriers in order to get through. There's only one way in. So as much protection as it gives you, it also makes it very predictable for where you're going to be to get back. And as she's riding up, she sees a hooded figure that's standing right right through where she has to go. No, I don't know about you, but I, I immediately knew it was Damon because it's the oh, same. Immediately. Yeah, wearing. no, I mean, yeah, immediately yeah. knew it was Damon. Um, he had the same exact look, uh, his Obi-Wan Kenobi look uh, just on the dark side is more of an Anakin Skywalker look here with his hooded cloak in the black. And she... um. She's not having it with him. Like, she's like, oh, no, great, you came back. She's dishing it to him, and and all she's doing is referring to all the things he's been saying in all the episodes about her. So obviously, yeah. word, her little spies or word or whatever has gotten back to her. She knows everything he's been saying about her. Yeah, about Makes the sheep. reference to him <laughs> sleeping with sheep. sheep. And and it, what one thing I thought was interesting, she said, are you here to finally consummate the marriage? Which I thought was interesting because that means... Yeah, like, he's never, never slept with her or anything. Um, But then she realizes what Damon's actually doing there. And Damon is here to kill his wife. To open up that seat, that heir, that if you go back to the last episode... The biggest issue that he seemed to think the king had with him and Renera being wed was the fact that he was already married. Yeah. So Damon flew here to do that. And he basically, he, he spooks the horse and leaves her crippled. Just laying there. And... Well, he definitely alluded, he made it seem like he was about to call in his dragon. Because she looked up to the sky. Yeah, I think, but I think everyone does that when you're with a Targaryen. Yeah. They're just wondering, like, how you got here, where's the dragon at? Like, that, when you see a dragon rider, you assume that. This was one of the few times where I was, where where you probably should have kept your mouth closed 
and you might have made it out of this. I don't, I don't know where she uh, alludes to Damon not being able to finish as she's laying there now. Crippled. Well, I think she's pretty much dying. She knows I she's going to die, but you know, Game of Thrones has that thing. If you don't see them die, are they really dead? Like you didn't see yeah. the death, but this show has a little bit more foreshadowing. Damon picks up a rock. And for the first time, I want to thank HBO that we didn't get unnecessary violence that we didn't well, need to funny, see. Cause they make up for it later. Well, they give you a fight in all retrospect. It was, it was, it's a lot, but this is one of those scenes where I could have easily seen HBO showing Damon just smashing her skull in where it's unnecessary. The foreshadowing gives you everything you need. People know what's happening. So Damon kills his wife. Um, and now he's no longer wed. So he can take a shot at Rhaenyra now and, and go talk to his brother again. I would assume that that's what he's going to try to do here. So we cut and we move on to uh, the King's ship and uh not too good of a storm here sailing over to the sea snakes castle i I can't remember exactly the name of the place that they're going um to talk to lord corliss about the marriage between rhaenyra and his son lanor and you kind of see their castle is very isolated here. It reminds me yeah, it's, of it's the high tide. I think. Right? Yeah. The high tide. Um, it reminds me of the other, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Theon. Yeah. Theon Greyjoy it reminds me of the Greyjoy's castle. Oh, the iron, the islands iron are... islands, very much yeah. iron Island esque. And, uh, you have him sailing there. You kind of see it. And then, the the king is very seasick. Uh, he's not doing well. We don't know if he's seasick or just sick because the king is known to be sick. But I'm going to tell you, if they're trying to like show the king is weak here by being seasick, they shouldn't have made it as like bad of a storm as what they're in. Because I'm like, I would be seasick on that boat with how crazy <laughs> it was going to get there. But I think they are definitely showing how rough it is to live out there. Like it's not easy just like the iron islands was not easy living when you're on an island out there and how difficult it is to get there so then we cut to our uh, my my boy Otto getting ready to leave and allison runs him down and she is telling him she does not wish to see him go and he starts with like well it's the king's decision and then he basically blames Alicent for believing the king and Renera and not him. And she's the reason why he is leaving because she chose Renera and the king over him because her friend swore that she was innocent. So she's basically telling him your informant was wrong. And what does he have to say to her about that? Well, here? I mean, he, he basically kind of gets in, gets into it with her and says, you know, she, you're believing her innocence, like you said, but then she's like, 
yeah, as he's blaming her, she's basically throwing it back in his face. No, this happened because you you cannot let go of pushing Aegon, my son, to your grandson to be the heir. You just won't shut up about it. And the king finally, you know, why? Why couldn't you just let it go? To which he basically tells her, look, at the end of the day, I know that the king keeps saying Rhaenyra is going to be taking the throne. I also understand at the end of the day, Rhaenyra is your best friend. But you need to understand the realm is not going to accept it. It doesn't matter if he thinks she should. I mean, basically, Otto's like, even if I believe she should be queen, the realm will not accept it because he has a son now. And the only way that Rhaenyra is going to be able to prove that she can be the queen, she's literally going to be forced to kill her brothers, which will be Allison's. She, and, and that's what her dad's trying to explain to her. You're not stupid. Like, it won't even be Rhaenyra's fault. Rhaenyra will have to do it. Yeah, so the interesting part about this, and I know I've been incredibly critical on Otto this this whole time, but I got this vibe from him in this episode where he's obviously upset and he's obviously not a very loving father. Yeah. But I think he just wanted to say to her, I love you. And I fear for what's going to happen to you now that I'm not here to try to guide this the right way. This is the first time in, in, in this, this whole season, I felt like Otto was telling the whole truth of what he believes. Yeah. He absolutely. And, and I like at the end. Yeah. And I, and I like at the end, he basically says, you, Allison, you have two choices. You can prepare Aegon to be king. You can prepare him to rule right now as he's getting older, or you can stand behind Rhaenyra and beg for her mercy and beg that she will protect you and your and kids. your kids. And and he's not wrong here. And, th- and that's like I said. I think this is the first time I looked at Otto as a a a loving father that does not want to see his child and Alicent and his grandchildren murdered because this queen the the realm will not accept a queen to the point to where the only way she can solidify her path is to is to kill everyone because they're going to hold another great council we've already done this we've already done this and 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 Rhaenyra has even stronger claim to the throne than than the other than the queen that never was like yeah, because she was just no one was actually she was never named no, heir like at like, any point. It's even worse. But, so he's one hundred percent right. There's gonna be a fight here, and there's gonna be bloodshed for whoever's gonna be back because no one is going to give up that kind of power ju- just because they're not gonna let they're no, not gonna let that go. Yeah, and I do like how I get the sense he leaves, Allison starts crying, and I I do get the sense in this moment, I don't know what you think, but I do believe at this point, Allison believes Rhaenyra so much, she has so much trust in her, that she is going, at this point, she is going to choose to put her children and stand with Rhaenyra. I think that's what you're right there. I I think you're right there, but I do believe she has a seed of doubt yeah that her father I think she kind of feels there. helpless helpless she's got like some hopelessness helpless but her right father is giving her the advice of you need to become queen 
you, you've got to grow up now. This is the time you have to do this or something bad's going to happen. There's, yeah. there's nothing I can do to protect you anymore from the decisions exactly. that were made. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to that back to this, man, they ship this like wagon around, man. This thing goes on boats and all kinds of stuff. Like how many, of the, how many of these do you think they made for the King? Right. Like they got to have a bunch of these things. Cause it's the exact same one they were in for the hunt. And Viserys still does not look good. He looks incredibly sick. And they are on this, like, so this was one of the funny things that I thought here where, I don't know, this this is kind of, would they have such a good road going into this place? Like, it's not cobblestone. It's like a paved road into this. It's It was almost like, I couldn't get past that part here of, like, how wonderful this cement like brick road was that they made that obviously wasn't built in the medieval times. Uh, sorry. That was just my own little aside when I'm no, watching I, them I, come I, in and I'm like that, that I, I mean, great location. Like the location here is wonderful, but I'm really wondering like what castle they were at here for this, this scene anyway, because of where I mean, it's, it's all at. brick. It's brick. Yeah. yeah, It's brick, but brick. It, it's, it's super well laid. Like it's not, this was not, it's not a cobblestone road like you would get at that time period. So I'm just really interested in, in the location that they found to shoot this because it's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Um, Can and- we talk a little bit about, um, I would just love to know your thoughts. I, I was a little bit shocked. Obviously you can tell pretty quickly. Okay. I get it. They're speeding up. Uh, he's about to go propose this marriage. Rainier's there. But the whole time I was like, isn't he the king? Shouldn't Lord Corliss been called? So, but they, they hint on that. Like you hear, as we get deeper, you hear, um, his cousin, um, Rhea, I think is her name. I, I, the the queen that never was is what I'm going to call her. Cause her and Rhaenyra's names are too close. And I get confused. But yeah, she says that that's kind of a week for him to come here and beg for the hand. Like that's the whole piece that was here is like he's begging Corliss to do this because he already turned his daughter down. Now, do they do? They don't know the Corliss family doesn't know what the Valerians don't know why they're there, right? Oh, I think they have a good idea. They have an idea, but they don't officially know. Um, no, but he's got his questions pretty ready okay, for Because I just found it interesting when they walk in, you see, um, Sir Leonor is is dueling, and he doesn't really even greet the. No, princess. but this is this is planned. This is like what I want to get into. Corliss okay. did this on purpose. Corliss is disrespecting the king because if the king is coming anywhere, they have sent a raven out beforehand to tell you he's coming, and you saw how upset the hand of the king was to see that no one was here. And Corliss was not out there to greet the king as he got there. So they knew he was coming. And this is a planned thing of him being like, you know what? I'm so done with you. Like, I don't, I don't care. My, my, my son's out here fighting, you know, practicing uh, in the courtyard. No one is here to greet the king. Corliss isn't there. 
the new hand of the king, um, who was actually the Loris, I think is his name, Sir Loris. And then you have uh, Lady Lena and I believe his other son, I don't know the name, his name, come out and the hand of the king says, is this how House Valerian greets their king? And Lyanna is just like, well, our father's been on a long journey, so he's waiting in the Hall of the Nine. Now, this is also interesting where she says Hall of the, Se- of the Nine and not the Seven. So do they, because do, I believe when Valerians left their, their home and came to Westeros, I was under the standing that they then took the gods, this, this gods of the seven and didn't pray to the other gods, which would be the nine. So it's interesting that here they're like, we have the hall of the nine. We are still Valerians. We still hold this specific way. And I did want to touch a little bit on the last episode and this episode because they are cousins. So there is a, a incest piece here, kind of like a family marriage. I wanted to point out, I did do a little bit of research on that. And and I found out that the comment that Allison made in the last episode of like, Oh, we're, we know how Targaryens are. When basically incest is, is frowned upon in the seven, the the seven gods, the, the, the religion that they follow, but because it was so common with the Targaryens, they kind of made a rule. If it's Targaryens, we don't really care. Like we're just going to let that go. So that's why everyone knows but since it's Targaryens, it's not as big of a deal as when the Lannisters were doing it in Game of Thrones. Because that's the thing that I was just like, why is this so okay in this time period? But but Jamie and Cersei, it was like, no, this can't happen. No one can know. It's because of their faith. And as long as it's Targaryens, eh, you know, that's kind of written in Targaryens do this kind of stuff because they followed the nine with the Valerians gotcha. and it was okay. Then now it's come over. So I just, I just wanted to clear that up because I was struggling with it. I know you were struggling with it a little bit in the last episode, but that's why there's been, they, they, they've got an asterisk in, in their version of the Bible or whatever they, they yeah. pray to of like, ah, it's, it's Valerian, it's Valerians and Targaryens and you know, kind of, they could do that. Anyway, so they're very upset that Coralus has not come to greet them. And Viserys is just like, I'm tired, dude. Let's just get in here and get this over with. He's not, he's not going to make a big deal of it. And they cut, they move on. So then we cut to a scene in the Godswood with Alicent. And I, I want to get his name right because I feel like he's going to be, he's a very big character that's going to creep into this more often, I think, as we move forward. And I want to say his name is Lord Laris. Yeah. Laris, yeah. which is the Laris. Laris, 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 which is the hand of the king's son, 
who is but also not the night that not, they talked not about. Not the night that they talked about. He comes into it later. But the crippled man that we saw during the hunt that was sitting with all the ladies. Yeah. So he was there. So when we were saying say that, he he's been in a lot of scenes. And they've cut to him and shown him. But we haven't ever heard him talk. And this is the first time we hear him talk. And he's having um quite a conversation with Alicent. And he is, I'll, he is I'll let you in a, in a well, he is in a sneaky way proposing that she doesn't, you know, basically saying she doesn't he knows, look, hey, look what's going on in the in the realm. You clear I know you don't have allies. You think you have allies, but you don't. And he's basically kind of proposing that he could be an ally to her. And he starts to to very subtly put some doubt. And then he basically gets along in a conversation. He 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 does it in such a uh, a sneaky way where he says, "I'm very sorry for the princess being ill." To which Allison's like, well, "What do you mean ill? What are you talking about? She just left with the king." Unwell, and, I think he says. She's uh, unwell. Unwell, yeah. And he brings up the fact the tea from last episode. He says, "Well, I saw. You know, I know that the Grand Maester had had brought her had brought her tea." Which obviously Allison didn't you know, know. Allison didn't know that the tea was brought. It was brought and in, in charged by the king. To which Allison immediately starts to think, like, I mean, I assume at this point Allison knows exactly what that tea is for. Yes. So this is like the the day after pill at the end, and the tea didn't make sense at the end of the last episode where we we kind of mentioned like he brings her this tea and Renera has a choice. Well, this becomes a big deal now because he's letting Allison know and Allison is starting to feel the betrayal of Rhaenyra here for lying to her, which she took her side, which got her dad removed as Hand of the King, and she's all alone here. And the only reason the maester would bring her this tea is if her father and her felt like she did something wrong. Yeah, there's only one reason. And yeah, he says it very sly, very sneakily. And I'm not sure his motives here. Because obviously in his condition in Westeros, he's not going to be a king or a knight or a ruler or any of those things unless he makes very strategic big moves with his father as now hand of the king. So I, I don't 100% understand his motives. My, my, first of all, I, I would assume his ultimate motive is to be an ally with Allison. I, I, tr- I do believe he wants to be in some sort of an alliance with, with the queen at this point. Um, I also believe that the hints he's dropping is because he knows why her father got sent away. He knows it's because of the Damon accusation. But I think I think Laris at this point believes that Damon and and Rhaenyra got it on, and that's why the tea was sent there. And now what's funny is Alicent also starts to have, like you said, this doubt starts to creep in. You can see it in her face, the, the way she's doing the acting. The actress is phenomenal here in the scene, I think. But again, as outsiders, we know the truth behind it, but you have to put yourself in their shoes, right? And Allison is immediately starting to think that, that 
Rainier lied about Damon. Uh, I'm sure Laris thinks it's something happened with Damon and he's just pushed it out there. But ultimately, I think this is, like I said, to to make an ally with Alicent because he is it, he is going to be in that camp that when it's time for Rainier to take the throne, he's going to be on the Aegon should be the king side. Yeah, we'll see uh, and and see how this this moves forward. Unless he's just completely against his father, and his father's doing his best as hand of the king, he's always constantly giving advice. That's always what he thinks is best for the realm. Yeah, so that's why again this seeding some kind of distrust doesn't fit with the normal direction that his father gives, but this could also be the Tyrion kind of side of everybody loves Jamie, but there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm crippled. So my father doesn't care about me as much. And I'm like that we could be seeing this play where the two sons are very different towards what their father is. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Moving forward, we then get the king entering basically the hall of the Sea Snakes castle, which is really cool. As they go through, they have all these like skulls that are sitting there as they walk by this amazing painting of the ships and dragons flying above it this place is is really cool and even viserys says that like i don't you know the the he's in the red key but the high tide yeah the high tide never ceases to amaze him and it it is such so cool and i really loved and i think this is a power move we have to point out that when the king walks in there's still nobody else there so they kick rhaenyra out they kick uh, Liana out. They don't let them come it's in. Just the through king these. and the it's hand. Just the king, the hand, and Corliss. And um, Corliss is sitting on his throne of driftwood, which is just a badass throne. Like his throne is is definitely pretty cool, and it's kind of a power play there to be sitting on your throne as the king walks in. Corliss does get up, and he does bend the knee. To the king and and the, the way and he's there's supposed no hesitation. to. He does it. He does it fairly quickly. Well, I think there was. He's not in a hurry to get off his throne. But no, when he gets no. off his throne, he walks up. He takes his he, time, but he he does he the right stand thing. There and stare him down. Yeah, he he doesn't have a Damon moment where you start no. wondering if he's going to respect the king. He respects him pretty quickly. No, the, the, he he does, but it was not without making his point that you're in my house. Then his. Cousin breaks in the queen that never was, and she's just happy to see him. And she grabs his but, uh, hand. Listen, I don't. I don't necessarily think. I think that's also a power move. Her her bursting I, in. Yeah, I'm not sure she was supposed to be there, but the the hand of the king does not look very happy that she's there. He's just kind of like, "Come on, let's let's get on with the business." And he says, "You know, pity Otto. He's heard about it." And uh, and all those different things, and and the king moves into what he's really here for is to ask for the the wedding between Renera and and his daughter. But before they get there, say, but <laughs> he reminds him of the king did not know that Damon's wife 
has been killed and Coralis lets him know that and that um, she fell off her horse hunting and her neck and skull were both crushed from the fall, which yes, horses are, are um, large animals, but normally when you fall off a horse, uh, Superman's, you know, neck got broken and his face didn't get crushed in. So I think there's a question and, and, Damon might have screwed himself here by crushing her skull because now it no longer looks like an accident that he was trying to create. But it makes me think that the way that the way that Lord Corliss and his wife, the queen that never was go on and explain this to the king. It makes me feel like this was premeditated and they knew Damon was going to do it. I am not surprised there. I said in last episode, I do not think Damon has separated from them, but I don't think Damon's playing his side either. Damon's on his own side as of right now, and he's going to make his own play. They kind of talk about how like skilled of a rider she was and Hunter, and it's just very surprised that this happened. They say the gods are cruel, and they move on. But I don't think that the king and the hand believe that it was an accident. At least they, they I don't think anybody it believes it was like... an accident. Her skull got crushed in. <laughs> like, like they, they know this was not an accident, but no one saw Damon do it. So no one can say anything about it. It's, it's one of those, well, do you have any proof? Nope. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. Like, like that, it's one of those moments. There's not much you can do about it. Then he asks about the marriage between the two and Corliss does not respond the way I was expecting him to. Um, I honestly thought he was going to be like, no, like, like my first instinct was a no was coming, but then I kind of was like, well, he needs to do this to solidify his power. And when he goes into what he's asking about is, how will succession be handled if they marry? Again, this is going back to the number one issue we have is females and males. What's going to happen? Now, what's funny is I think the king takes it as is is uh, Corliss asking, is Aegon going to be the heir or is Rhaenyra still the heir? But that is not what Corliss was getting after. No, I, I think he... I think he was definitely thinking of that first, but then he quickly transitioned as Corliss asked the question of what last name are they going to take? So in tradition, you take the male's last name and it's a Valorian that's going to be the next king, not a Targaryen. And the king is quick, quick to answer here because he knows he has to make a political agreement. And this is the first time... I feel Viserys had the difficult conversation he didn't want to have and actually did a really good job with the negotiation Mm -hmm. to where he's like, they will take the Valerian last name, but the firstborn, when they ascend the throne, and and the king made sure male or female or female he's setting this precedent that whoever the firstborn is it doesn't matter if it's male or female they are the heir and he has to do that because that's the situation he's in right now 
with Rhaenyra being the heir and him not saying Aegon is going to be. But when they arise to the throne, they will be a Targaryen. The dragon will rule for another hundred years as it has for the last hundred. Coralus thinks about it and he agrees. But I also think Coralus agrees because he knows that the game still has to be played. That the realm is not going to necessarily agree when Rhaenyra rises to the throne. So I think in his mind, he still thinks Lenor has a shot of being king. Because if they disown Rhaenyra, the next in line is going to be Aegon. But they're not dumb in knowing kind of what Otto told Alicent is like the queen's going to probably end up killing anyone that has a line to make sure she's okay. So it says we are now playing the game of Thrones. Correct. Like we are playing the game. Now people are moving their pawns into place and we're starting to play the game. We were building up, but now the game is being played. And that's the whole, through this whole episode, I think I wrote it down in my notes like four times. The game is starting. Like we are seeing this shuffle for power happen right now. They agree to the wedding. We cut to Al, uh, not Allison, Rhaenyra and Lenore walking across the beach. And they're cousins. They grew up together. So they do know each other pretty well. Uh, So there's not a lot of awkwardness in them talking to each other. Like you would think that you would have like when they they first met of like, oh, this is going to be that. They know each other. They know what they have to do. They know this is political. But they are hinting at something that we didn't quite know. And now it's coming out that... And I'm not going to beat around the bush. Lenore's gay. He he does not have the taste for goose or duck or whatever they were saying about gooses and yeah, ducks. Yeah. So and Rainier knows this. I did think it was kind of funny though when she said that she doesn't have a taste for goose like he does because it's too oily. I, I just thought that was funny, and I'll let anyone's yeah, was, mind go where they good. want on that. It was a but she comes. Uh, I'll let you go joke. into it, but she comes up with a solution and proposes. No, I'll let you which, take it. You take it. What is the solution she you know, comes up with? He she basically says she says you know we can get married, we can do as our fathers wish, and we can make them proud, and we can have this union and make everybody happy. Blah 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 blah. But she kind of takes a page out of what Damon has taught her, and then we'll do our duty. But each of us dines as we see fit, she said. So basically, we can have our side pieces. We'll cover for each other, and we'll stay in the public eye as this happy married couple. To which makes Lenore pretty excited. Like, oh, yeah, okay, we can do this. Yeah. But I think Renair is being uh, is in that situation of, Let's have our cake and eat it too. And it doesn't always work out that way. Especially for the female. Especially for the female. And in this whole situation. But 
we'll get a little bit more into how that works for them. Seems like between the two of them, they have an agreement. This is what's going to happen. And it's going to be well done. So we move into Coralis talking to the queen that never was. Rhea, I think. I got to like pin that name down. I'm going to get it right for the next episode. I want to say it's Rhea. Talking about the marriage. And and, and before you, I, I just want to point this out. This is the first time that it kind of confused me because it seems like at this point, then I was like, okay, maybe he's not in cahoots with Damon because he seems to be very much on board with tradition and keeping and backing the Targaryens. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I think Damon is telling him what he wants to know. And Damon has another agenda. We are, we are all assuming... Actually, let me, let me. What I really believe, Damon has no agenda. Damon is the plague, and he's he here to cause he chaos. Goes. He's making it up as it goes along, which is throwing a wrench in everyone's plans. Damon is the wild card, and and, mm. and you love knowing your enemy and what your enemy is going to do. And being predictable is makes you able to plan. But when someone's not predictable or doesn't act, acts one way and changes, it throws a wrench in everything. The interesting about this scene when they're talking is they know their son's gay. Yeah, they're very, they're like, they're and, and very they, aware of this. And Corliss is like, oh, it'll be fine. He'll outgrow He'll grow, it. There's outgrow nothing better it than, and, than being inside of a woman, basically. Uh, I mean, and, and I just, found it interesting that the queen was, or the queen that never was, his, his queen is basically saying, we're, you're putting our son in danger. This is a stupid game to play. What are we doing? And, and that's why I, I was shocked because Corliss, he was like, we have all the dragons. We have the Navy. They have this. All the Lords of the realm have bent the knee. And she's like, I was this in this situation once like, and it didn't work for me. And, and it's like, Corliss is like, yes, but you weren't actually named. It was like, he was trying to play like both sides and not piss her off. Well, and here's an interesting thing on how I did not expect her reaction here because this whole time we're assuming she's still bitter about not being queen, but right here, she doesn't care. She she cared, but she's she's beyond it now. She has her kids. She's trying to protect them, and she's trying to line up their succession to have good lives. She's she's being a mother here, like she's being a loving mother. And Corliss is the one that has the problem with it. He seems to be the one that's like, I will do anything for that right, for that to be that wrong to be righted for you. And and it's almost like she's like, and she says, I'm over that. It's it's done. We need to move past this whole thing of me and start looking at what future we're actually setting up for our kids. Because this isn't one that doesn't end in fighting. The only person that isn't seeing that there's going to be some form of fighting, in all honesty, is Viserys in the hand of the king. They think these are good moves. And they're going to work, but everyone else is saying, no, the realm is not going to accept this. Yeah, We've exactly. already tried this once. 
and they didn't accept it. So why would they accept it now when we've done nothing to prepare them and make it possible? Then we move on. We meet who Lenore's lover is. And he does have a good joke of like, was he the duck or the goose uh, yeah. in the whole conversation, which was funny. And he kind of convinces Lenore, Lenore that this is a good thing. I will be your protector. We'll be together. We'll go to all these wars and, and feasts and parties. And, you know, this will be lavish. I don't think either one of them is thinking of what it really is. So then we have our sex scene that we have to have. And not really a sex scene, but, you know, they, they start fighting. They allude to it. They start kissing. We move on past that. Um, so obviously these guys have been together. People know about it there, but King's Landing's not necessarily ready for this. And they do need to keep it a secret because it's not what the faith is all about at Correct, this yeah. point. So this is going to come to play here where he makes a comment at the very end of and I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Um, that the only way the queen makes this agreement is if she is in the same situation you are. Yeah, she he says she has a paramour of her own. A paramour of her own. And then I say that it ends and we cut to her standing on the boat. They're going home and Sir Christian Cole coming up to talk to her. So there's the paramour that she has. God. Is is Sir Christian Cole. And he has an interesting proposal for the Queen because he is smitten at this point. Yeah, and they're both excited to see each other at this point. I, I want to say that. You know, she's very excited to see him. He she's excited to see him. He's obviously in love with her. But her girlishness acting here. He doesn't necessarily want. He's like, I have something. He's got something serious. He wants to tell her. And he tells her that we should run away together. Yeah. To Essos. For all intents and purposes. And, and yeah, let's a lot of back, and forth, lot of back and forth, but we should run away together, be together. You can marry me. We'll go to Essos. I, I've been there. We'll I know the trails. We'll leave all this behind. And we'll be married and lovers and do all this. And Renera doesn't respond the way he's expecting. She goes into, it's my duty as the queen to make this marriage work. And guess what? I have this great news. Lanor's gay. And he takes a lover and we could do that too. And Christian Cole's like, so you want me to be your whore? Like, this is where we're at. We're not in love. Well, I do like, like, I do like uh, before there is just one line I want, I want to bring up you, you know, he talks about how she said she didn't want to, she didn't want to do all this. She doesn't believe in her duties. She wants to be able to pick the person she's in love with and all this nonsense. And he's, she's always confided in him how much she hates it. And then, like you said, she obviously isn't going to go with him. But I like the line where she, where he's like, leave all this. Like, why do you want to do this? And 
for for the crown, like we can get away from all of this. And she turns around and she says, I am the crown. And I thought that was a power. Like it's like the power has gotten to her finally. Well, that's, but also that's the game though. People can't get away from the fact of of the power. I, I will say this when it comes to her, she said it differently than I think we've heard over game of Thrones. The way she said it, it's because I think she has bought in with Aegon the Conqueror and the dagger and the message passed down to the Targaryens. She seems to be, I am the crown. I like, I, this is my duty. I have to do this because I'm a Targaryen and I'm the heir and these secrets are being passed down. And this, like, I actually think that's the angle. She truly believes that she's meant to, to do this. Not necessarily because she just wants the power. I think she thinks that she, I think she truly believes that she's the crown because she has to be. I, I, we just, I, we're going to disagree on this. I, I feel the power of changing the way the world looks at female leaders has gotten to her. She wants to be the change. I don't think it's like, this is, this is like my destiny. I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. I think she is 100% bought in. My father is not going to change me. I am the heir. I will be the queen and I will change the way this world is. And since Game of Thrones was before this, we know that hasn't changed much. Yeah. So that's where I think she's at is she... She can't get past the fact that she could be this epic change in the world. And that's not the Song of Ice and Fire. That's not Aegon's dream. It's just a Targaryen will rule yeah. if we're going to get past this. It's not but she does male, mention female, that the, whatever that the crown, it may be. That the throne is larger than even her family because and, Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah, that, that's fair, but lost. it's not this this i'm following like i have to like it's not this dream state of oh he he said a female will sit on the throne no, no it's sure, it's yeah. a i'm going to be the change i'm going to be the woman that no other woman could be and we're going to change the way this this yeah. whole thing works well, let's can we just spend a few seconds on the fact that oh my god poor, poor sir Kristen cole turns into if you ever seen the movie Swingers with uh, Vince Vaughn <laughs> and John Favre? Yes. This is his John Favre moment of the movie Swingers. He what? He just he's like, so what? She so she says, you know, we we can we can do what we want. The the we're agreed that the marriage is just a marriage. It's political. Yada yada. We can have our things on the side. And he's like, what? So you want me to be your whore? And yeah, that's what just, I said. I, I said that earlier. He just breaks down because he's like now he's. He's doing what every guy does in a bad breakup. They flip everything and you made me do this and you did like everything's her fault. He gave up his oath. Look at all these things he gave up. You know, he was nothing until he got the white cloak and he had an oath to have chast all this stuff. And he broke all that for her. And now she doesn't respect him. And he thought he could restore. But it, it, he, at the end, he's like, I thought if we got married, it could restore my name. So again, I was like, okay, you're still kind of a guy because all you care about is how you look, not how she looks. I thought that was a little bit interesting, but why he just turns into little whiny bitch. I mean, she turned down this proposal that he was expecting for it to go the right way. And it didn't. 
Be stupid. We move on. Oh, well, you know, it is what it is here. We move on. They finally get back to King's Landing. And this is a very little scene, but it means a whole bunch here. The king gets out of his carriage and collapses. Alicent is watching from a tower above and sees him fall. And all the things that her father had told her, she sees right in front of her. Viserys is sick. He's probably going to die sooner rather than later. And she has to make a choice. And it's such a quick scene. But it's a serious one for her where she knows now. And she understands what her father was saying. There's a choice that needs to be made. We move on to Sir Christian Cole being summoned by the queen to to her chambers. And this This is... He, he, you know what? He, He does it to himself here. Alicent is questioning him about the night that Rhaenyra went out with Damon on what happened. Al- Sir Christian Cole believes that Alicent knows it was him. But Alicent is talking about Damon the whole time. And the whole time I'm watching this scene, I'm like, don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. Just Answer the question. To the listen to the whole question before you're stupid whiny butt that she just crushed your dreams on the boat you're upset about this but think it through don't don't be don't be the 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 hero knight here this this doesn't do anything for you and christian cole tells the queen it was him and you see the queen's face he broke his oath blah 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 she should kill him but if she was going to do anything to him, don't have me tortured or anything. Just give me a quick death. Uh, I deserve it. Blah, blah, blah. So Christian Cole is playing the pity game from Rhaenyra turning him down and basically screws Rhaenyra over in the process of now Allison knows 100% she lied. And it wasn't the lie she was expecting. And it's actually a whole lot worse than if she had slept with Damon. Yeah, and you can see that Allison is is truly heartbroken. Oh, she and 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 her face is if and and again, if Christian Cole hadn't opened his big mouth on the boat, he probably would have read the Queen's body language and not been in his own self pity to where her Demeanor in the beginning had nothing to do with him. Correct. She wanted him to sit next to her. She was asking him questions. You're the sworn protector. Like Allison was leading to Damon. Yeah. She, was she, was, leading. she was almost like felt embarrassed to even yeah. ask the question because she still at this point believes Rainier. So she, I think she's trying to work up the courage to say, Sir Christian Cole, I know this is a horrible thing to ask, but can you just tell me if Damon was in her chambers that yeah, night? Is this to the which truth? And Cole could have easily said no. Yeah, the answer was no, but he never waited for the question to be asked. Screwed himself over. Allison is horrified about this whole thing. 
And what is she? So she, you know, this is like the, the weird spot where she sends them out without an answer. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this information, but leave my chambers now. And so, you know, Christian Cole leaves. And that's a big moment here that we're going to get back to. We move on to uh, the model room. So we're now in the King's chambers. And man, his arm is effed up. This whole, this dude's whole arm is necrotic now, not just his fingers. They're bringing him leeches. And I feel bad for this other maester who keeps like asking to do different treatments. And the grandmaster's like, no, no, the leeches will work. The leeches will work. Like herbal herbs don't work. None of that. None of that. None of that hippy dippy stuff. You know, we're, we're going to go with the leeches. So we do see the king is in, in bad shape where he's not going to make it. What we believe is not that much longer. And Lionel, uh, Loris, his hand, his new hand is there. And he asks him a very interesting question of basically what kind of king will I be remembered as? Was I a good king? What are people going to say about me? Like he's thinking of his legacy now and that he really hasn't done anything. There were no big battles. No one's going to sing songs about me. I didn't conquer anything. And is the the hand is being a good friend here. I, I feel and like telling him like some will say that's a great thing that there was no songs written about you. You took a peaceful time and you kept it peaceful. That's probably one of the hardest things to do is transition succession in the fashion that it was done and continue to move the peace along. And people forget that like peace is a good thing. If you walk out of being a president or, or a King or someone in a position of power and you're able to have all of your people prosper during that time, that's a good thing. But I think he was leading more towards like, what are people going to say at the end of my time that I set up for the future? Like his decision, I think he was more going to his decision to name Rhaenyra as heir. Like, are they going to write in the history books? This is like the biggest blunder ever. Like, is this terrible? Who knows? We move on. We now have Coralus, and I think every ship in his fleet, like everybody's coming, sailing in for the wedding, and we see two dragons, not just one. So now we know Coralus has two dragons. We saw Sea Smoke at the fight, and now we have another one. I don't know the name of it, but it's Sea Smoke and one other one. Uh, so I'm assuming his brother's riding that one as well. Could be Lanor, who know, or, or uh, Liana, who knows? Because we have female dragon riders, that's not a problem. And uh, so it could be either one. We don't know, but they have two dragons they brought with them, and a massive fleet, like one of the biggest I've seen in Game of Thrones, next to the like the Blackwater fight. When um, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's like that, the first time we saw a look like that. That whole fleet came in. We move to inside and man, at least, at least you have a Lannister to give you some comic relief in this whole episode that has been just rough. Jason Lannister 
who, if you don't remember, was courting the queen in the what worst possible way. Such a tool. And he makes probably the dumbest comment you could possibly make if you knew anything about Rhaenyra at all. He asks where the queen is at. And the king basically says she's readying herself for the celebration. And this tool has the audacity to say, well, that's why men go to war because women would be late for the battle. And you just see like the king and Rhaenyra are just like, you fucking tool bag. <laughs> like, like that is the exact words that came out of their eyes were like you're they're so, smirking at each they're, other. They're just so like, hard. thank God we. I I almost feel like the king wants to look at Rhaenyra and be like, I am so sorry we even attempted that shit. Like, my bad. What a douchebag. Then we have. Part of me was like, part of me was like, this is where you should be the king. That's like, you just dis disrespected my heir. We are going to kill well, you. Well, yeah, there's just a godfather Sorry. moment. Like you disrespected the family. Like, like just wedding. whack them right at here the at a wedding. At the <laughs> wedding, like it was a perfect godfather moment. And they didn't take it. Um, my daughter is here to get married. And you bring this to me on the day that my daughter is here to get married. I can't do it. I'm struggling, but yeah. Um. Then the uncle or cousin, I don't not quite remember, of Damon's wife, he's here. Um, he basically talks to them. And, and while he is trying to, you know, give his respects to the king. Yeah, Sir Gerald. Sir Gerald. Corliss shows up. And I mean... They get a drum roll and like, I'm expecting like, you've seen Harry Potter, right? It was, it, it reminded me of coming to America when the, oh, yeah, the well, Royal court walks in Yeah, that. And, and I like good point. That's a good one. But when I was watching this, I, I had the thought of Harry Potter and the goblet of fire. Do you remember when like everyone was making their entrance yeah. And then like the all boys school comes in and it's like I was expecting dancing and fire and like I'm like, oh, we're gonna have a party here. And this is just a feast to get started with the wedding. This isn't anything, this is everyone showing up. Because there's supposed to be the welcome feast, then seven days of seven tournament. Seven days of tournament and, and all kinds of stuff happening. And I kind of, you know, again, I'm not gonna hit each one of these parts because this is where a crap ton happens and we're already well into this episode. So much has happened. They start dancing or getting ready to start dancing. Lenore and Rhaenyra and an interesting part happens here. Well, is this before this is as Damon walks in? Well, yeah. So what happens is they're about to like start this whole feast and he comes in, he takes her hand, and they're going to sit down, and they're going to have this feast and dancing and everything. And man, Damon makes the power entrance of power entrances. So we thought. So we thought. <laughs> we thought that this was going to be the entrance of entrances here. 
people are like aghast that Damon showed up because he's been banished. And obviously the rumors are spreading about the queen or not about uh, Renera. Well, his, uh, his, his wife that died is what, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Plus the Renera and the Renera rumors are, you know, like anything in King's landing, a secret is not a secret. Correct. If you open your mouth and tell anybody it's not a secret anymore. Someone's watching at all times. So I was honestly expecting the King to like kick him out, but he actually does the kingly thing here. He gets a chair. He lets him sit at the table because it is his brother. And this is obviously not the place or the time to hash this family issue out. Correct. Yeah. And so Damon just makes this power entrance and everyone is just like, oh, okay. Damon's here. The king's talking. About he starts joining, introducing, welcome introducing, welcoming everybody, talking about how great the houses are going to be to unite, and he just dead stops, stops his speech, and just stares. And I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Then everyone starts realizing that the king is staring at something, and it's Allison standing there. Making a beautiful, beautiful, making a queen's entrance. There's something very interesting about what she's wearing. And now it's subtle. They call it out. But I feel like a lot of people are going to miss this part because of how like people didn't even stand for her. And then all of a sudden, as she starts walking, they're like, oh, shit, this is the queen. So this is that moment where even to the people there. She steps into, I'm no longer Alicent, Otto's daughter. I'm the motherfucking, I'm the motherfucking queen. queen. <laughs> like, I lay this bitch down. And the queen has a green dress on. Because Laris, we go back to Laris, who's there with his brother. And he says, do you know what color it glows when Old Town calls its banners to war? The, the, the lantern or whatever they have mm-hmm. at the top there. Yep. And what color They're fire. is fire? It's green. And, and to which the other brother says green, green kind of question mark. And Laris acknowledges. Yeah. So Allison, the beacon, the beacon on the Hightower, beacon on Hightower. Yeah. It, it burns green. Allison is making a statement here of. I am a Hightower. That was my father that you got rid of. And I know your secret. And, and this green dress she has on this, looks like she came straight from the Emerald City under Wizard of Oz. Oh, it's, I mean, it's Emerald is. Green. She is making a statement to everyone sitting up there that she knows the game you're playing and the queen ain't having this shit no more. Because I'm here. And you're going to acknowledge that I'm here. And she she walks down everyone turns they're just speechless she sits at her she goes and takes her seat and she has an interesting uh kind of stare down and and statement to Rhaenyra of 
Congratulations, stepdaughter. What a blessing blessing. this is for you. (laughs) What a blessing this is for you. But like, kind of like how a Southern lady is like, oh, bless your soul. But like Mm. in a condescending way that you know they're like, hey, yeah, this is. And then Renera has this look on her face like, well, I think she knows. And Viserys is very flustered here. Like he just, he doesn't know where to go with it. He forgets what he's saying in the speech. Um, and then they, you know, say, okay, we're all united. And we move on to her and Lenor dancing. And this is where tensions start to create. And everyone that is playing the game the game here is watching each other and the reactions that they're making. And they're all trying to figure out who is into what and what is going on. Sir Christian Cole is not happy. He can't keep his He's shit pouting. This, he can't keep his shit ass. together. Lenore's lover can't keep his stuff together. Cause he's not happy. You can look at looks on his face of not being happy that she's dancing. And he starts looking around to try to figure out who Rhaenyra's person is. And he sees Cole pouting in the corner and is able to, and and anyone that's paying any attention can tell that Christian Cole is not happy right now. I mean, for fuck's (laughs) sake, put your helmet on, buddy. I know something. something. Now, Damon, Damon looks like he's trying to get his pimp on. Like, he's, like, staring at the queen. He's like, oh, I like that. Like, Damon is just, I think, knowing something's going to implode here. And he is just ready for it. But he gets approached. He gets approached. So, we move on. Alicent talks to her uncle a little bit about how Hightower stands with you. You're not alone. We're starting to see packs getting made here at the wedding. And, you know, again, it's a Godfather-esque wedding. People are doing business. We shouldn't be doing business at a wedding. There's too much emotion involved, people. You don't do business in Game of Thrones at weddings. Things happen. So we continue to move on. Damon gets approached by his wife's... um, Sir Gerald. Sir Gerald, his wife's uncle. Not wife's. Well, Damon's wife's uncle and accuses him of killing her without accusing him of killing her. <laughs> and Damon being as smart as Damon is, and it's as chaotic as Damon is reminds well, he's the him. Cousin. He's, he he's was the, the cousin. cousin of the lead. Okay. Yeah. So the cousin family member and, uh, Damon reminds him that, uh, you know, we didn't have an heir. So everything that was my wife's is now mine. This uh, wonderful runescape place that you love so much. So I think when this is over, I'm going to fly my dragon over there and make my stay. And yeah, make over my, at Runestone. Over at Runestone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, claim what's rightfully mine. And Sir Gerald did not like that answer and kind of fell to Damon's uh, plan and did not think that all the way through of what really is going on and how much power Damon really has over him. So Damon's not making friends. 
not making friends. Shocking. Shocking. The, the, he's just going crazy. So as we move through this, we get to the point to where secrets are being told. And we have the moments where Lenore is done dancing and his lover basically tells him, I figured out who it is. And he figures out that it is Christian Cole. Sir Christian Cole. Now, and while this tells, was happening, he, tells, he tells him straight up <laughs> while this is happening, Damon has his eye on Lady Liana, who has grown up. She is no longer an 11 year old. She's 15 now. So it's all OK. Damon can go ahead and move in on that. Um, Beautiful, beautiful woman. And now he's open to marry whoever he wants and do whatever he wants. So why not move in on that? So they're dancing. They're having a good time. Everyone seems to be happy. And the first mistake of the night is made where I got to figure out this guy's name. I can't think of his name. Ghost. Yeah. Wait, what's his name? Do, do we need to know his name? No, we don't. Not anymore. I, I wish I did. But uh, Lenore's lover decides to let Christian Cole know that he knows his secret about him and Rhaenyra and that as long as they take the secrets with them, everything's going to be okay. And we can continue to move on. And I don't know why they continue to cut back to this, but it almost, there's this like graphic nature of the way the King is eating. But they keep going back to his plate and he's like, just like chomping into this bird. Like, just just destroying this chicken so violently and everybody's talking, everybody's dancing. And and I'm just sitting here like it's a wedding in game of Thrones. And this dude walks in front of Sir Christian Cole, Sir Christian Cole, like lifts his sword. And I totally thought like right there, Christian Cole was like going to stab this dude with his sword. But he lets him go by. They continue to dance and, and, and have all this fun and she's dancing with the hand of the king's other son and then sir gerald is there so sir harwin she's dancing with and they're they're just you know they're having a feast but we keep going back to the king who just looks uneasy and we don't know why he's so uneasy and then we finally see it damon has slowly been making his way to rhaenyra And in the middle of the dance floor, where everyone can see them, they're standing very closely speaking High Valyrian. And he's asking Rhaenyra, is this what you wanted? You matter to me. He's a good man, a fine knight, but he'll bore you senseless, is, is literally what he says. She throws his own words back in his face of like, marriage is just a political agreement, I hear. Like, we don't like, we obviously love each other, me and you. We had a thing. I got Sir Christian Cole over here who thinks we have a thing, but you just got me hot and bothered. So I went and, you know, diddled him. And now I'm confused because there's this triangle game being played. 
and a little bit of just the tip from the last episode that yeah, they had. See, you finally agree. Uh, <laughs> I thank you. Um, but she basically says, well, then fucking t-, she's like, take me, take then me. take me then. Like you, you're obviously armed, cut through all the King's guard, take them all down, take me to Dragonstone and make me your wife. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Like she's. And I think she's 100% serious here. This I isn't a too. joke. This yeah, is this is like she, if you want this, let's do this now. But this is what you're gonna have to do, because I'm getting married. Because she says the hours are coming swiftly. If you're gonna make a move, you have to make it now. If this is what we're going to do, and I have to like discredit myself as we go back to Auto presenting this as a solution. Seems to be the direction that they're going. And so I honestly believe now, as we move forward, they're going to be married. Damon, I'm calling it right now that Damon and Rainier are going to get married. Somehow, this is going to happen. Because there's too much damn foreshadowing in this show of this event for it not to happen. Or there's gonna just they're just going to be so upset with each other, there's going to be a big fight between them. But I do think they're going to end up married. I, I just, for some reason, I believe that. I don't know why, but there's just so much foreshadowing of this. And the way she acts here, she wants him to. This isn't a girl playing a game. This is a woman telling him, if you want me now, make your move because you're not going to get a second chance. And he grabs her and the king sees it and he has this pissed off look in his face and then just fucking all hell breaks loose but i don't know why oh well i know why i know exactly why all hell broke loose but did somebody instigate something yeah look at what happened at the end it was christian cole going after the the lover that's what happened He couldn't, Christian Cole couldn't take it. So this whole time, you don't know what's happening. I jumped ahead there. And Rhaenyra is down there. Everyone's watching this and there's, there's scrapping. And the king's like, what in the seven hells is going on? Rhaenyra is trying to find Lenor. Lenor realizes what's happening. Christian Cole is beating the living shit out of Lenor's lover. I mean... Laying into him. Lenore gets there and knocks him off. But then Christian Cole bitch slaps that dude. Like completely knocks him on his ass. And kills him. Not not Lenore, but Lenore's lover. Kills him. The king is worried about where Renera is because he thinks Damon has started something in the middle of this. But Damon didn't. Damon just left. And the hand of the king calls his son, who's like the strongest knight in the realm. Dude, he goes through that crowd and is just like pummeling people to get to Rhaenyra. Drops him, getting to it, picks Rhaenyra up, walks her out of there. The king is going so nuts. He's bleeding out of his nose. And you just get this scene. And like you said, probably a little overdone. Christian Cole is beating this mother's face in and like choking him out there. I mean, he, this is probably what Damon's wife looked like. 
you see the side of his face and he crushed his whole skull in. yeah they rolled him over too to show you that and, he like had no inside of his face anymore i mean his brains are on the outside <clears throat> he is he is beaten to hell and he tried to like try to pull a knife on him but christian cole's in full armor like this guy was not ready for that fight he was dancing and then you see Lenore, uh, Lenore, just heartbroken over not only his best friend, but his lover's death in the middle of this giant feast. Everybody in the leaves. Middle, I mean, they did cut to the king who's bleeding out of his yeah, nose. I, yeah, that's what I said. Everything's going on. He's bleeding out of his nose. The stress is getting to him. And we move to the next scene. Which is basically the king is at the point to where I don't know if we're going to make it seven days. So let's go ahead and have a shotgun wedding. And, and, and I'll let you cut, the, cut through this, but I want to point out this is where we get another one of those back and forth with some foreshadowing yeah. and some stuff. So I'm going to let you. So now, well, obviously let, this other scene that they keep cutting back is not happening at the same time. No, clearly. So these, these, these two events are not happening at the same time. I thought they were. And, and they, they make you feel like, you know, that these are going at the same time. Correct. So we're going back and forth. We can see at this wedding, it's, it's the queen, the king, the hand of the king, uh, the queen that never was and Corliss, his son, um, I guess the pastor, whatever you want to call it there. I don't know what they're called. And Renair and, and the king is making them get married right then and there. Sir Lenore is still distraught. And you don't, I will this. say this. You don't necessarily know that they're getting married right at that moment. Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Okay, for me, and but they but they do make it very clear at the end because they'll pan away with the camera and you can see all the blood left. Oh, I mean, I knew they were getting married right off the bat. Like that was, I mean, he's sitting there saying, like, "Do you take this person?" Like that's, I mean, they're going through it all. While this is happening, while they're getting married, and we're panning back and forth to Sir Christian Cole, who is in the God's Wood. And he has his armor. He lays his armor down. He pulls out his knife. And he's pulls up his shirt and is basically about he's going to commit suicide. He has disgraced himself. The woman that he loves doesn't doesn't love him back in the way he wants. She's getting married off. And he basically just committed murder in the middle of a wedding feast that he vowed like again he broke another vow so he's gonna just end it he doesn't want to be tortured he doesn't want any other stuff he's gonna fall on his sword like a soldier would it's almost kind of the way he's doing this he's disgraced the gods so his only way out is basically suicide which is another disgrace around like it's not to commit suicide is not something that they're going to look at as an honorable way to go but he feels it's his only choice again we cut back Rhaenyra just looks so distraught with what's going on and she realizes you know she caused a lot of this and her 
wanting and needing and taking advantage of a situation and Christian Cole accepting, like it takes two to tango. I'm not blaming her. Christian Cole could have said no. He could have walked away. There's a ton of things that he could have done. The combination of them two not only discredited her in front of her friend, her father, parts of the kingdom that we know of now that knows the secret because it's gotten out. Correct, yeah. And she realizes she's also gotten somebody's actual lover killed. That had nothing to do with this other than was it the wrong person at the wrong time that knew something that she had done. So she's, she's realizing this is a dirty, dirty game that we have to play here. And I control who lives and who dies with my actions, even if I yeah. don't want to. As Christian Cole, we get back to it, is about to stab himself in the stomach. And this is where we know there are different timelines. Because Allison's at the wedding, but Allison is also at the Godwood and stops Sir Christian Cole from killing himself. Yeah, right as he's about to stab himself. Right as he's about. Sir Sir Christian. Sir Christian. And he turns and it's the queen. Right after this happens, we cut back to the wedding. And for the second time this episode, Viserys the king collapses right after they get married. And we have this wonderful panning shot down to brain matter and blood that are still on the floor. They didn't even clean. They moved the body, but they didn't clean up the blood and a rat coming in to feed on the blood and entrails that lay there in the middle of this hall while they're having a wedding. And that's the end of the episode. A lot to unpack here. I am sure we missed some subtlety inside of this episode. I think we could go for three hours Another talking hour. about this Easy. easily. Yeah. And we're already at what, an hour and a half now, almost now. Um, I know you want to break down a little bit but before we say goodbye on this episode. I do want to have your thoughts on the two ladies as this was their last episode, because I will not be on the next episode with you. So I, I do want to talk a little bit about that before we say goodnight. So, we don't normally give away like what happens in the trailers, but we're going to do it for this one. James will not be with us. Um, hopefully, hopefully James will not be with us. Let's, let's say that <laughs> um, current events have a, a, and I, you know, for all legitimate purposes, I wish everyone that's in Puerto Rico, Turks and Caicos, anything that this hurricane's in line of. Um, I hope everybody's safe. I hope we don't have yeah, any correct. deaths from all of this. Um, James is getting married there, but at the end of the day, if that has to get pushed back to make sure everybody's safe, I, I we would much rather have that happen. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Then you get there and, you know, like texting me, I'm in the middle of a category five, not sure if I'm going to make it home. Like we'll, we'll, we'll let everything be there. I know my, um, my dad's a, a, uh, captain, a boat captain. And the guy that that uh, taught him uh, sent him a message uh, on Facebook of the the storm, like his radar. 
and it's just like covering his boat so he's like right in the middle of it now oh man i hope he's okay he's fine he's like yeah i'm on the leeward side of an island like i'm just gonna hunker down and hope for the bit like that's all you can do like he can't outrun it so he's got to the leeward side of the island and he you know he's hunkering down um like four islands away from from puerto rico I, i don't know which one it is there's so many out there yeah, exactly. But um, so you know, I hope everyone is there. But to move, you know, is okay there. To move forward, this is the last time that Millie Alcott and I wish I knew Allison's um uh, actor's name is going to be in this show. We're going to get a significant time jump in the next episode. So what would you like to discuss about them here? Um, I just want to say thanks to to their performance. I think that both uh, actresses did a phenomenal job. I, I know for, for all intents and purposes, I would say that they're, they're, they are unknown compared to a lot of stuff. And to step into a role like this on a TV show that has the expectations that it has, I think that's that takes a lot to, to put yourself out there as a young actress. You don't want to get pigeonholed into this. But I am a little bit worried. I think I think they did such an amazing job. I was not impressed by the the trailer uh, for the two people taking over them. Um, I'll obviously have to see how it plays out. But I, I um, Rainier in particular, I think I think she just absolutely killed it. So I'm a little nervous on how I I will feel with them changing the actresses and what kind of performance and what kind of characterization to expect. Um, I'm not, I'm not that worried. Uh, The act, the actresses that they're, they're moving into and bringing on are, are great actresses. And I think. So Emily, Emily Perry, I I believe. Yeah. I think that they did the correct thing. Cause one of the interesting decisions that they made is they kept the both sets of actresses away from each other the entire time they were filming. They never saw how the other one played the character. And I think that is key to what's going to happen because the character you fell in love with now is not the character that we're going to get in the rest of the episodes. And I'm looking forward to that because honestly, I don't know where these characters go from here. There, there's, there's not, this story has to have this jump. I agree. Because we're just waiting for something to come now. Like they're going to get married where we're Pete, like something has to be a catalyst and they're going to grow up. There's no way that you're going to age these characters with the way that they have to jump without bringing in a new actress. No, we, we, we would be here six seasons. Yeah. It would take, like, it would be, it would be very game of Thrones of, an entire season being on a boat where in all honesty, you're like six episodes in and you're like, can we go somewhere other than this boat? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, so they're doing the I right mean, for, thing for, for story reasons. I think it's the right thing. I just think that they, I think they set the bar, which could be a good thing. I think they set the bar very high, but they uh, set and, the and bar if, if these... for that youthful character. Correct. Yeah. That is so, done. So, but it does excite me if these other actresses come in and they can carry that momentum 
then I think the yeah. show is going to have a hell of an ending. I don't think they'll have any issues with it. Like, I'm not concerned. The writing is there. Uh, so far, the writing has been there. And I am very, I'm super interested for us to be able to see the change in the character's mindset over, I want to say they said in the trailer, like 15 years. Like we're going 15 years in the future on the jump. So sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the trailer, I don't really care. We're spoiling stuff here. That's part of the reviewing things. Um, nothing that comes from the book though. So it's not like we're jumping in ahead and actually know what's going to happen, but we're going to make this jump. I think the actresses that they have are going to play are going to kill it. And I'm looking forward to it because I'm not really worried about game of Thrones shows until we get to like season six where we just kind of don't know what we're going to write. This book has been finished. So we know that this story has been finished. So they have something to go off of. I would be really worried if we were like in no man's land of like, well, the book ended right here and we're just going to be making stuff up and we don't really have George R. R. Martin to help us. George R. R. Martin is very invested. He was invested in casting the characters and things like that. So I think they picked the right people. Do I think the way the characters look when you see them like are what I was expecting? No. Um, but then again, like I, you don't know how people age and it's very hard to find two characters that right, look yeah. exactly alike. So wonderful performances from these women. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, it's sad again that they only get five episodes and I really hope these two's career take off from this and we start seeing them in more things because they did a wonderful job. Yeah. With all that said, this has been the last choice TV reviews, House of the Dragon, episode five. The name of episode five is The Light. We Light the Way, which is a very fitting name because we ended this with not knowing who the hell is going to light what way. We don't know. We'll be moving forward. James, congratulations on your wedding. I hope everything works out. I hope you can get there. The next episode will be just my thoughts on what's going on. And then uh, maybe we'll have a little bonus episode in there of like, hey, let's get James's thoughts. You know, that actually would be interesting. Maybe I'll just text you my thoughts. Yeah. You can just bring it up. Just let me know because you're going to, you know, you're going to watch it while you're there. Well, I have a flight, so I'll probably oh, you'll be on a flight. flight someday, okay, yeah. well, there you go. So you'll watch it. But um, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Click the like button wherever you're taking this. If you're watching it on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, do whatever that platform needs. Give us some comments, rank and review. Tell us how we're doing. We want to bring you some great content. Thank you. And good night. Good night, guys.